Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Tonight, I would like to share with you the message about revival. I haven't talked about revival for a long time, many, many years. When I entered into revival many years ago, in 1996, 1997, I was talking about revival a lot. But because there are so many subjects in the Bible that we can teach, I stopped for a while, and the Holy Spirit told me, that I need to bring this back. I'm not sure that this message has been preached here, but I would like to bring the message about revival again. I promise the Lord that as long as I live in this world, I will never stop pursuing revival. If you study church history, you can see that revivals came and went away came and went away. Revival happened in different countries, different cities. Pastor Helmut told me that revival happened in Germany many years ago, early the 19th century, and eventually stopped. We heard about revival in different cities around the world and stopped. My mentor of revival also told me sometime. He was discouraged because he brought revival to a local church. And six months later, it's all gone. No more revival. They all went back to the old way. I went to revival meetings in many places. And unfortunately, those places now stop revival. It's all gone. So I promised God that I would study about revival and I want to keep revival. First of all, I want to say this thing. The reason I'm sold out for revival because revival has changed my life a lot. I turned from Buddhism into Christianity in 1981, around that time. I used to worship idols. I used to call spirit into my body. And then that spirit can speak, could speak to me. I was involved in a lot of animism when I was young. I saw a young lady have the spirit on her. She was sitting on the ground and jumped with her leg like this on the ground. When the evil spirit came on me, I would be able to jump high in the sky. The knife could not cut on my skin. I had that supernatural power when I was playing with evil spirit when I was a young boy, around 14, 15 years old. Then I gave my life to Jesus. And I know that the Lord is bigger than those evil spirits. I know that the spiritual world is real because I experienced those evil spirits big, big time in Thailand. But when I got saved, I joined a Baptist church. I never heard about God's power in that church. I heard only about the Word. You need to obey the Word. You need to study the Word. And I see people struggle in the church with poverty, sickness, sins, and bondages. And I was really wondering why, before I became a Christian, I went to the Buddhist temple. I went to all these places, and they demonstrated the power. But why in my church, there was no power? People struggle with poverty, sickness, and disease. And later on, I began to study the Bible and sought for the power. Thank God, by 1983, I was filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. But I was still struggling with a lot of sins in my life. I became a pastor, but I felt that I was hitting the ceiling. I could not overcome so many things, 
and I had a lot of wrong doctrines in my heart, have a wrong thinking. I came to America, started the church with a good heart, very sincere heart, loved Jesus, but I struggled so much as a believer until one day I cried out to God and said, God, this is not right. You say that you're going to give me freedom, you're going to give me abundant life, I should become stronger than this, but why I was struggling? Somebody handed me a book to read on the airplane when I was flying to Thailand, and that book is about the Holy Spirit. When I read that book, I realized that, oh, I see. I did not understand about the Holy Spirit. That's why I was struggling and I was defeated all the time. When I came back, I began to search for the Holy Spirit. I went to different meetings to look for the Holy Spirit. And one day, a pastor from Melbourne, Australia came and told me about revival in Melbourne, that how God touched people in Melbourne. When I heard that, I say, I need that. I need to be touched by God. And that is the starting journey of revival. I went to the revival service in Portland, Oregon, and that was the first time the fire of God touched me. I was laughing in the Holy Spirit on the floor. I was so filled with the Holy Spirit, drunk in the Holy Spirit. The first time in my life, I did not understand all this thing before because at that time my denomination was against about the Holy Spirit. After that day, my life has never been the same. And I kept going back to revival service three times a year. At that time, we don't have revival service here. Three times a year, I began to gather all the books of the tape, listen to all the teachings about revival, about the move of God, about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I got touched again and again and again and again. And I see that why the devil wants to stop revival. Because revival has changed my life and have taken me into the road to the perfect will of God. In fact, if you think about it carefully, if you study about the life of Jesus, everywhere Jesus went, there was a revival. There was not just a ritual ceremony with a few people there, and no one got saved, no one got delivered or got healed. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought revival. Therefore, I promise God, in New Hope International Church, even a rich millionaire come in here and say, Pastor, you need to stop this thing. I don't like the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I don't like laughter. I don't like falling down. I don't like the touch of God. If you don't stop it, I'm going to Leave this church, stop paying tithe, and leave to another church. I will say, thank you. Bye-bye. You cannot buy me with money. Because I promise God, as long as I live, I'm going to keep revival in my life and in my church. And I promise God, I take revival to Thailand because that is my birthplace. I speak Thai. And I'm going to keep revival in Thailand as long as people want revival. So I keep bringing revival to Thailand every year, a few times a year. And now revival spread all over Thailand. I will never stop. And God taught me many things how to keep revival. So in this lesson, we're going to learn about revival how to keep revival. Let me read from John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it wills, and though you hear its sound, yet you neither know where it comes from 
nor where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. In order to have revival, we need to welcome the wind of God. We need to welcome the fire of the Holy Spirit. And He's going to use somebody to be an arsonist. I'm one of the arsonists. You know, arsonists mean people who like to light the fire, burn somewhere. I like to light the fire, burn people's life with the fire of God. Somebody have to carry the fire of God to bring revival to the city, to the churches and nation. Next week, I'm going to go to San Diego to light a fire in San Diego. And then next month, I will go to Virginia. Then in May, I will go to Germany and Switzerland. And June, I will go to another place. Keep going to light a fire. But definitely, the devil is not happy that the fire of God touches people. The devil doesn't like revival at all. Because revival will make people fall in love with Jesus again. Revival will help you to know God in the deeper level. Revival will help you to come out from demonic activities in your life. Set you free from bondage, from shackles and chains. Revival will help you to be on fire for God. And want to preach the gospel and go and help the lost and dying world. And the devil is not happy with that. He wants to keep you to come to church one hour a week. Sit warm the chair and go home. And you come in death, you leave death every time. He likes you to be dead in the spirit, to be lukewarm. He doesn't want you to be on fire. So he will do everything to stop the fire of God. So sometimes he uses people to stop. I remember many years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, I got confronted by a few members in the church. Pastor, could you please stop laying on of hand? Could you please stop talking about the Holy Spirit? This is a real story. And at that time, I yielded. I stopped for three or six months, something like that. And the Holy Spirit kept convicting me. Son, are you going to obey man? Are you going to walk by the pressure of man or are you going to obey me? And eventually I repented. I began to move in revival again. About maybe 14 people left the church right away because they felt so mad at me that I moved in the Holy Spirit again. But thank God, God filled up the church again with people who love revival. Amen. Some people just want religion and tradition. They don't want anything else. They just want religion, ritual, and tradition. In order to keep revival, we cannot put the Holy Spirit in the box. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. He blows here, blows there. He moves according to His will. Therefore, if we tell Him, control him, say, you cannot do this, you cannot do that, you can do this, you can do that, you're going to stop the flow of the anointing. And our God is a gentleman. If you don't want him, he will back off. That's why I believe that revival started from the pastor. Because the first person who blocked the Holy Spirit is the pastor, not the members. If the pastor blocks the Holy Spirit, put the Holy Spirit in the box, then the whole church is going to suffer. I'd rather have the Holy Spirit moving in the church and do whatever He wants. Amen? We need to welcome the work, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need to follow the wind of the Holy Spirit. And He can do whatever He wants in the church. He has the freedom to do anything in the house of God and in your life. If the Holy Spirit can have freedom to do work in this church, He can have freedom to do work in my life as well. When I perform surgery, I always tell my patient, 
the Holy Spirit told me every single step what to do in the surgery. I was moving in the Holy Spirit even during the operation. He told me do this, do that, go there, here. The whole time, all the time, I was moving in the Spirit. I was flowing with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Everything we do should be orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Is that the way the Book of Acts? Was telling us, if you read the book of Acts carefully, the apostle, the evangelist, the prophets, and all the servants of God in that generation, they were moved by the Spirit of God. They did not do their own things. They follow the Holy Spirit all the time. In First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verses eight and nine, you can see here that how Paul was led by the Holy Spirit. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. You can see here that even though Paul saw a lot of resistance from people, but he knew that the Holy Spirit wanted him to stay in that city. If you study about the life of Jesus carefully. You can see that Jesus followed the Holy Spirit everywhere. He was not led by man at all. He was led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people say, "Could you please stay here? We like you." He said, "No, I have to leave right now. I'm going to go to another city." In Acts chapter 16, verse 7, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit. The disciple wanted to go to one city, but they did not put the Holy Spirit in the box. They follow the wind of the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit said, "Don't go there," they back off. They listen to the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you that it's one thing about bringing revival to a church, but it's another thing is to keep revival. You can have a great evangelist come to this church for one week. Oh, people get touched. Boom, 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 boom. People just enjoy the presence of God. But how to keep it? How to keep revival in the local church or in your own life? I want to keep revival in my own life. The problem is this: we have so many, many hindrances to keep revival. I give you example. So that we will not follow that direction. First of all, it's so hard to keep revival if we are the type of people who depend on our own mental capacity or ability. If we think we are so smart, we can depend on our own smartness. It's not easy to keep revival. Because we're going to depend on our own ability, not on the Holy Spirit, and we're going to run the church, run our own life by depending on our smartness. I learned this lesson, even though I'm a neurosurgeon, I'm not as smart as the Holy Spirit. I need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Amen. I need to yield to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Sometime. What the Holy Spirit leads us doesn't make sense. Sometimes it goes out of our plan. Like I mentioned to you a few times, at one time I operated on a lady, and she her MRI showed that she has a disc herniation here at L4-5 area, lumbar four and five. So I look at the MRI, I cut open, and I plan to take the disc out from there. Then the Holy Spirit told me, "No, you need to do more." I look at the MRI picture and I say, "That's the picture show that way. Why you tell me to do more?" But I did not depend on my mental ability. It doesn't make sense when the Holy Spirit told me to go up higher, but I did. I cut the bone higher, and. What happened? I saw a huge 
piece of ruptured disc above the area that MRI showed. I find out later on. I saw her on Friday, the surgery on Monday. On Saturday, she went out to water her garden, and she slipped, and she broke out the disc on that Saturday, the new disc rupture. And she never told me because at the time before surgery, she was so sleepy with the medication. I have no idea what's going on. We did not talk. Without the move of the Holy Spirit, I would have missed that fragment of the disc. I saved her by the move of the Spirit or the anointing of God. Amen. If you want to keep revival, number one, you need to follow the Holy Spirit, and don't just depend on your mental ability. Many times, God can tell us to do something that beyond our mental ability. The second kinds of problem that can stop the revival, we call controller. Controllers. People who love to control. Control people. Control the Holy Spirit. Control the program. They want to control everybody. In order to stay in revival, you cannot be a controller. You need to be very humble and allow the Holy Spirit to control you. You will not control the Holy Spirit. Or another thing that can stop revival is that you are the people who love to be controlled by people. Have you ever seen that? That you want to please men more than God. If you try to please people more than God, you cannot keep revival. So many churches, the revival stopped because the pastor was threatened by members. They want to please men. So what happened? You need to kick the Holy Spirit out. Why? Why so many people don't like to keep revival? Because revival is an upheaval. It's a big spiritual warfare. Our life, human's life is so full of sin, the flesh, demons, bondages, shackles. So when the Holy Spirit showed up, it's very uncomfortable. People feel uncomfortable in the meeting, in the revival meeting. Either people yield and say, I want to be set free, or people are going to start to be like the Pharisee. I don't like you. I don't like this thing. Who is fighting? Either the flesh, or sinful nature, or demons on the inside, will fight against the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it's so easy to quit revival. So much resistance from the flesh, from the people, and from the devil. We need to be careful. If we submit to the flesh, if we submit to manipulations and human control, revival, we get out of the door. It's my job in this church to stay in revival. No matter what happened, I will not submit myself to the flesh, submit myself to the control of man and manipulation. I will keep the Holy Spirit in the church. Amen? That's why if you want to be famous, if you want to be reputable, it's hard to keep revival because you want to please all the people in the world so that you can be famous. Why does the devil fight the anointing or revival? Why does the devil hate revival? The devil doesn't mind you go to church one hour Sunday, one hour a week. Listen to a sermon a little bit. But if you are touched by the fire of revival, the devil is so mad. Why? I read the scripture to you. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. It shall come to pass 
in that day that his burden his burden symbolically mean the burden of the devil or demon will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil revival is about the move of god it's about the anointing of the holy spirit flow into the meeting and touch people so when the anointing touch the hungry heart what happen the yokes will be destroyed the burdens will be removed that's what happened to me in 1997 i went to a pastoral co- revival conference in uh, clearwater florida and in that meeting i was a pastor already i uh, 1997 i was a pa- have been a pastor for nine years or something and i was a pastor in thailand too and i remember when the evangelist say everyone stand up i'm going to pray i will not pray for all of you but i'm going to move my hand to bring the fire of god i stood up and i was so hungry for god i said i don't want to be the same the holy spirit touched me i was under the chair for about half an hour that day lots of demons come out of me i was set free from many demons that follow me from generation to generation from all the animism and all the thing that i used to bring them into my life demons came out of me that day the anointing broke the yokes in my life removed the burdens in my life i became a new man after that day the church has a new pastor when i came back i was a new man pastor da has the same husband but a new man amen that's why the devil hates revival the devil hates the move of god he wants people to be in bondage he wants people to be in chain and shackles and in all kind of sinful bondages he doesn't want you to be free again you can go to church for 20 years sitting in a church for 20 years but you never change you just have all the hate knowledge in here but you yourself never change because you keep all those bondages with you not only that sometime the devil work through because the spirit of control the spirit of religions and the spirit of traditions the devil keep people in traditions stay in your traditions stay in the religion and control people get saved out of sin but then turn around get back into religions and control and manipulation again i don't know about you i want to be free i will not bring religion to this church i will not bring tradition to this church i want this church to be free unfortunately a lot of people love to be framed with shackles and chains and bondages religions and traditions and jokes they love that they don't like revival church because when they come in they feel uncomfortable they feel the deaf friend have to leave the shackle have to leave they want to keep the shackle so they they have to run out of the church as soon as possible because they love the shackles and the chain they are like the people in the time of moses in number chapter 11 verse 5 they say that you know moses i'm so mad at you i want to go back to egypt because i love the garlic and the onions of egypt i love the frogs in egypt i love the plagues in egypt i don't want to be set free i don't want to be in the promised land and who led the people to promised land the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud they need the fire to get into the promised land is that right who know the story how did they get into the promised land by the fire at the mountain the fire of god showed up on the mountain the fire of god shows up in order to get to the promised land we need the fire of god we need revival 
Otherwise, we're going to stay in Egypt or we're going to stay in the desert, in the wilderness forever. Don't stay in the wilderness. Don't stay in Egypt. We need to be set free from all the bondage. We need to get out of Egypt as soon as possible. That's what happened in the church in the Bible, the church in Galatia. Let me read to you. The church in Galatia, what happened to them? People in Galatia got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit, got to know Jesus Christ. And what happened? Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. In freedom, Christ had made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held in snare and submit again to a yoke of slavery. What happened? The Galatians became free by the gospel. But later on, they welcome the religious traditions, the religious law of the Jews back again. They say that we love the knife. We love the knife. We need to do again circumcision. When I make an outer call, it means you come out to get saved, you need to go to another room and have a surgery, circumcision. They got back to the law of the Jews and they become enslaved again by religious laws of the Jews. And that is very sad. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Oh, you poor and silly and thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians, who has fascinated and bewitched or cast a spell over you, unto whom right before your very eyes, Jesus Christ the Messiah, was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as the result of obeying the law? Or doing it works? Or was it by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it? Was it from observing the law of rituals or from a message of faith? Are you so foolish or sinless and so silly? Having begun your new life spiritually with the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? The Galatians bring back the religions, the traditions, the work of the flesh back to the church. And they forget about the Holy Spirit. I want to say this. Revival is not just about a meeting of people falling down. Revival is about change. And that change happens by the Holy Spirit. I want to change from glory to glory. How about you? Do you want to change? Who changed you? The anointing set you free. The Holy Spirit set you free. Amen? Revival, the touch of God, will change the way you think. Will change your doctrine. Will change the way you live. Will change the way you talk. I was changed a lot in the past 20 years in revival. I've been in revival for 20 years now. It has changed me a lot. The way I run the church, the way I teach the Bible, the way I look at the Bible, everything. Some book I have to throw away. Some CD I cannot listen anymore because it's totally unbiblical to me. I could not listen to those anymore because the revival changed everything in my life. The file of the Holy Spirit come in and change me from glory to glory and to glory. God wants to set us free. The business of the Holy Spirit is to save people, set people free, heal people, deliver people, and transform people. But the job of the devil is to keep people in slavery. Put people in bondage. That's why it's so opposite. If you want revival, we cannot welcome the devil. 
We need to kick the devil out of the church. Amen. So I make a decision as a preacher. Everywhere I go, my goal is to save people, to set the captive free. Today, somebody called me from California. The person who called me said that uh, one of the members from Singapore got attacked, uh, sexual harassment by demon every night, and she got cast demon out of her. The demon got cast out of her. Then that demon jumped into the mom, and now in the same family, the mom got harassed every night, and they tried to cast demon out. They were not successful yet. So the mom still tortured by demon every night. And I say, could you please make sure that this lady will come to my meeting next Saturday, Sunday? The devil gonna have to meet the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna cast them out. They cannot torture this woman anymore. They have to go. That's why I say revival is an upheaval. Very uncomfortable. It's the battle, it's the war between the Holy Spirit that come and break the bondage, the curse, the yoke, the shackles, and the chains. That's why a lot of people feel uncomfortable in revival service. You notice that thousands of people follow Jesus to have good meal and to have healing. But how many people left in the upper room? 120. Where are those thousands of people? Where are they? They want something from God, but when the time of changing, they disappear. Only hungry people, people who are desperate to change, love revival. I'm one of them. I want to change. I want God to touch me. I don't want to be the same man. I want to become like Jesus. I want to be transformed by the hand of God, which is the anointing or the Holy Spirit upon my life. Amen? I want to see people get saved, get delivered, get healed. Revival is not just a meeting. Revival is not just just a meeting that many people show up in a meeting. Revival is a meeting that God shows up. Not that people show up. I can have revival with a small church, 10 people. I can have a revival myself at home. Many times. When I first came into revival, I flew to Malaysia to go to a pastoral meeting. And I could not sleep because of jet lag. I woke up at around 1 a.m. and I start to pray because there's some, another pastor sleeping in that room. I dare not pray inside. I have to walk away to pray in front of the restroom quietly. The restroom is here. The bed is there. So I come to kneel down and pray to God and ask God to help me. Seeking God. The fire of God hit me in front of the restroom. And I got drunk in the Holy Spirit for a long time by myself in front of the restroom. It's not about people show up. It's about God shows up. And I can have revival myself in front of the restroom. I remember one time, Pastor Da would remember that. I was sitting at the dinner table Everyone ready for dinner at my house. While I'm waiting for Pastor Da to bring some food, I turn on the, my, com- my laptop and I was watching an evangelist who, who talked about God. So I was watching his preaching. Rahat Bonki. While I was listening, my spirit stirred up inside me to be hungry for God. Oh, yes, he's talking about Holy Spirit. I was hungry. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit hit me at that dining table for the dinner time. I began to get drunk in the Holy Spirit 
I did not eat dinner that evening. I was on the ground. All the kids and my wife come in and eat dinner. I, the dad still on the ground got drunk by the Holy Spirit. Revival happened when God shows up. The key is how hungry you are. I was very hungry, and He can show up in front of the restroom at the dining table. Sometimes God touched me while I was changing my clothes in the operating room. I began to get drunk because I was thinking about God and pray, and then suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon me in the changing room. It can happen anywhere because you're so hungry for God. God shows up, revival come. Amen. You can go to church, to a meeting, sing a few songs, pray, listen to good sermon, motivational sermon, but God never show up. And you leave the place, you just get excited in your mind, but nothing changed on the inside of you. I don't want to have that kind of meeting in New Hope. Every Sunday I pray, Father, send your glory, show up every Sunday, please. I don't want just to have a meeting on Sunday. I want God to show up every Sunday and touch people, minister to people, heal people every Sunday. That's my desire. If God doesn't show up, I will not be satisfied. I want God to show up in every meeting. Amen. Hallelujah. The problem is this: if God doesn't show up, what preacher gonna do? Preacher gonna try to do something, make it happen by the flesh. May have to do something by the flesh. We cannot call the Holy Spirit by the flesh. Some people think that if you wear something on my body, special clothes, Holy Spirit gonna show up. Some people may think that if I wave the flag this way, Holy Spirit gonna show up. If I blow something, Holy Spirit gonna show up. No, the Holy Spirit show up in the upper room without waving the flag, without wearing a special cloth, without anything in the flesh. The Holy Spirit show up because they were hungry. They were asking God. They received the Holy Spirit by faith, not by human fleshly activity. This is my ministry principle. Every time I minister, I ask the Holy Spirit to show up. I will not prophesy from my flesh. I will not preach from my flesh. You know, why a while ago I was moving, sinking, because I want the Holy Spirit to show up more and more, so that when I preach, I will preach from the Holy Spirit, not from my own thinking. Every time you minister, you want Holy Spirit to show up, and He is the one who gonna make things happen, not you. I promise God, I will never push anybody down. I will not slap anybody's head so that they can fall down. If they don't want to fall, that's fine with me. But may the Holy Spirit touch them. It's not about me pushing people. It's not about me healing people. It's the Holy Spirit heal people and do something, bring the change, bring the freedom. To people, I will not force anybody. I will not manipulate anybody. I will not try to make something happen because that is the work of the flesh. I want only the Holy Spirit in my life and in my ministry, and that's what Jesus did. Amen. When you follow the Holy Spirit, you are like an eagle. You just put the wing up. And you just soar with the Holy Spirit. You can rest, you can relax, and the Holy Spirit will do the work. You don't have to be tired. You don't have to be pressured by anybody. You just relax and follow Him. You don't need to make anything happen. He make it happen. You just move by faith and follow the work of the Holy Spirit. 
led by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I ask the Holy Spirit to show up every time. To when I minister, when I pray for people, when I start to have a meeting, I pray God, please show up in this meeting. I don't want to do anything by myself because the person who brings revival, who brings healing, setting the captive free, deliverance, is the anointing. Or the Holy Spirit, or the fire of God, or the wind of God. I will never compromise anything about the Holy Spirit to please any man. I promise God. I seek revival more than man's approval. If I go to some city and preach, and the pastor doesn't like me, doesn't want to invite me back, it's fine with me. Because I seek revival more than invitation of pastors, I want to keep revival in my life, and revival had to start for me, the pastor of the church. Amen. I pray that all of you will experience revival, like in the upper room, or I have experience. I pray that you seek. The change, the touch of God, all the days of your life. I pray that Northwest area will see revival. I pray that America, God's people, will be hungry for revival. Amen. I pray for Germany that people will come out from religion and tradition. Religion and tradition. Are the enemy of revival. You can see the two picture: Jesus and the Pharisee. Jesus brought revival. Pharisees brought tradition and religion. Which camp you gonna choose? I choose Jesus camp. I want the move of God. I want to see changes. I want to see deliverance. Healing, salvation. I want the Holy Spirit to move in my life and through my life. I don't want the Pharisees. And I know when we keep revival, we have to pay the price. The church may be closed down. Members may leave the church. Some people may attack you that you are demonized. People may hate you because the devil is so mad at you. But we keep on. You're going to be criticized. You may not be a mega church. You may be a small church, but that church will impact the world for Jesus. The church will be full of on fire people, live for people. Not just lukewarm people, amen. Because the fire of God is moving, and people are on fire, set free from demon, and on fire for God, amen. Hallelujah! And I want to build that kind of church all over the world, amen. Hallelujah! I want God to move in our midst. Let me read last scripture. Second Timothy chapter one verses six to eight. Are we going to minister by the flesh? Are we going to walk by the flesh? Or are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to move? Second Timothy one six to eight. Paul wrote to Timothy. That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God. The inner fire that is in you, by means of the laying on of my hands. When we lay hand, the fire of God touch people. With those of the elders at your ordination, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well balanced mind, and discipline and self control. Do not blush or be ashamed, them, to testify and for our Lord, 
nor of me, a prisoner of his sake. But with me, take your share of the suffering to which the preaching of the gospel may expose you, and do it in the power of God. Paul say, "Let's stir up the inner fire. Let's keep the revival. Let's serve God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit show up." We don't do everything in religion, tradition, and the flesh. We want the Holy Spirit to show up. Amen. I hope my teaching is not too deep for you. I just want to stir you up. In conclusion, God wants to bring revival to the church. Jesus say, "I'm coming back to the holy bride, not a harlot." The church that loved the world more than God. Jesus is coming back for holy people, on fire people, people who fall in love with Jesus so much. You cannot be holy and fall in love with Jesus without the fire of God, because the flesh is too strong. If you walk in the flesh, you will not love God that much. That's why he need to send a fire of revival to the church in the end time like this, to stir people up to love God, to live a holy life and stop sinning, stop playing game with God. Holiness. He wants to come back to the bride, and we need to keep going with the inner fire, ready to welcome the coming. Of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to be that part. One day I was in the hospital, and God spoke to me, and I cried. Holy Spirit, show up in the OR. I was by myself, and God' presence was there, so strong, and God spoke to me. He says, "Son, can you do me a favor?" I say, "What? Can you prepare?" My church to be my bride, holy bride for me, holy, blameless, without wrinkle and stain, and fall in love with the groom. And I cry when he talked to me. I say, "Yes, Lord, I do it. I will never compromise. I will do my best." To the members that you sent to me, and I will prepare them to be a part of the bride of Christ. I'm not going to play game. I promise the Lord. Amen. How can I prepare the bride without the Holy Spirit? I need the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many people want to be a part of the bride? How many people say, "I want to be holy bride, made a file of God, get rid of the sin in your life, the bondage, the shackles, the chains"? May the Lord minister to you. May the Lord touch you at home while you're praying in your restroom, uh, not restroom, your bedroom, and say, <laughs> "He can touch you in the restroom." If you're hungry enough, the key is hunger and yielding. You need to yield. You need to be hungry to be changed, to be pleasing to the master. Master, one day when I stand before you, you will smile and say, "Good and faithful servant, you are my real disciple." Do you have that desire? I have that desire. I want to be the real disciple of Jesus Christ. I cannot do it myself. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. So I'm going to keep revival in this church. Keep going, because we all going to move from glory to glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Without him, 
without the Holy Spirit, we cannot get there. That's my determination until Jesus come back. Money cannot buy me. Man, approval cannot buy me. I gonna please the Lord. I want revival. I want people to fall in love with Jesus. Banana for Jesus. If you notice that you are lukewarm right now, your love for God has fallen away. Just like in the Book of Revelation, you have lost your first love for Jesus Christ. You become lukewarm. You begin to see other things in your life more important than God. I want to ask you to repent tonight. Turn around and come back to Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to touch you and make you on fire again. Make you fall in love with Jesus again. Is it possible that our journey sometimes up and down? It's possible. Sometimes we just start to look, get lukewarm. That's why we need the revival service off and on. Get charged. Get stirred up by the pastor. Get prayed for. So we can be on fire again. I myself need it too. I can be lukewarm to the world, the system of the world, the devil, the demon, and Satan, and all these things can knock me down too. I need to stir myself up, like what Paul said to Timothy. Stir myself up to be on fire for God. Depend on the power of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us tonight, reminding us tonight to stay in revival, to welcome the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, to be in our midst, Lord. We thank you so much, Father, that tonight you will touch the hungry, those who are thirsty for the things of God shall be touched tonight. Thank you, Father. You will deliver them, heal them, save them, put the fire of God into their heart, that they will not be lukewarm, they will not love the things of the world, they will not follow the lusts of the eyes, of the flesh, and the pride of life. They will not be tortured by religions and traditions. The spirit of controlling the work of the flesh. But they will be set free by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're not born again yet, or you're not sure that your name is recorded in the book of life, you're not sure that if you die today, you will go to heaven. I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus. Heaven is real. God is real. I'm talking like this not because I grew up in a Christian home. Actually, when I studied when I was young, I studied about evolution because I'm a doctor. And now I know evolution is a lie. God created us. When I opened the skull to look at the brain of people, I know and I know that brain did not happen by explosion or Big Bang hypothesis. You are too complex to be happening by explosion. You were designed by God. And God touched me. I know God is real. God is so real to me. He can speak to me. He can show me. I shared a little bit yesterday in my teaching in Jeroman. Can I share with you for fun quickly? On Wednesday, I performed surgery at Evergreen. 
somebody turn on the music. And I asked the scrub nurse, "What band is that?" The scrub nurse say, "Oh, this is the name of the band, very famous in the s i t i very famous band." And I say, "Oh, yeah, I think I was only maybe seven, eight years old when this band was very famous." And I ask, "How many people left in this band?" They say, "I think two." And I asked, "What are the names that still survive?" And they told me. And they told me another one got killed, being shot. I will not mention the name. Then I asked, "Why people shot him? He's so good. Everyone loves this guy. I mean, this this is a very famous band." The anesthesiologist pulled out the iPad and Google right away. Who shot this musician? Famous musician. And why did he shoot this man, this musician? Why we are waiting for the anesthesiologist to come out with the answer in the Google? I heard the Holy Spirit told me, "I'm not kidding." I heard the voice in my heart. This musician claimed that he is more famous than Jesus. More people follow him than Jesus. That's what I heard. Then, one minute later, the anesthesiologist say, "Oh, the reason this guy shot this man because he claimed that he was more famous than Jesus. Is God real? He's real. He spoke to me in the operating room. The reason why the man got shot. I want to encourage you to come to know God." As he speak to me, he can speak to you too, and he can guide you and lead you every day to tell you what to do. You will be successful. You will never make mistake if you listen to the Holy Spirit. He knows everything about everything. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many people want to make sure you go to heaven when you die? Leave this world. Raise your hand up. You make sure you want to go to heaven. Keep keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. You want to go to heaven? Pray with me. Keep your hand up and pray with me, Father in heaven. I was created by you. I was created in your image. I did not come from monkey. I do not look like monkey. I am beautiful and handsome. You created me, Lord. Forgive me of my sin, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me, paying the price for me, Lord Jesus. Come into my life right now. Become my God, my Savior. I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I will follow you. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Teach me and show me your ways. Bring me into revival, so that I can fall in love with you and get to know you more. Thank you, Lord. For forgiving me, I believe my name is recorded in the book of life in heaven. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Congratulations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com.
Yeah.